All right, guys, what is up? Welcome back to Fit Body Secrets, where my mission is to bring you guys inspiration, motivation, and a ton of tips to help you guys on your fitness journey. And Coach Cheryl is on the tail end of a very, very, very rough weekend. And I just wanted to start by saying I fully appreciate and am so grateful and so thankful for all of the people that have reached out to me over the last few days and sent me messages and sent me good, good thoughts and prayers. Um, cause it's definitely been a very, very, very stressful couple of days. And I do have an important topic today to talk about as it is Halloween, but I do want to start by just filling everybody in because honestly, when I made my first post on Saturday night about being in the hospital, um, I didn't anticipate it being what it was, you know, I kind of hoped that it was just going to be nothing. And I was going to go home that night. Um, and it was one of those things where like, oh, here we are Saturday night, like just didn't anticipate that. And, and definitely wanted to like fill you guys in a little bit on the findings and everything. Um, and I also do what I do, which is give you guys some value, which is, you know, at the end of the day, people are like, are you still working? I'm like, yep, <laughs> that's just me. I brought my computer with me because I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to be sitting in the ER for a few hours. So I could get a little bit of work done. Um, and I'm glad that I did because it gave me something to do on Sunday. So here's kind of like what transpired and led to what I, what happened last week and, and what also led to me being admitted to the hospital. So I've actually been for months, um, experiencing just like some fatigue, um, just kind of put it as maybe just stress. You know, that's kind of what I thought. It's just like stress. I train hard. I work hard. Um, I'd been having some sleep issues and earlier, uh, this year, like I was having some weird blood pressure things where like I was getting high blood pressure again, just thought it was like too much stress. Um, and it could just be too much stress. Um, but it had kind of been like, I just been okay. Like I'd been fine for a while. Um, the blood pressure had kind of regulated again. And then last week I, or the week before last weekend, I was at the nutrition coaching summit, uh, very, very, very long week of just traveling and, and being in front of people and everything. Um, and then I came back and I was just like super tired and this was last Monday and I was even sending my friend messages like Lindsay, I literally look like I've been hit by a truck. Like I'm waking up every morning with my eyes, just like big golf balls, like so puffy. Um, and once again, just attributed to like, maybe I'm just tired. I just, you know, just got off of travel, all the cortisol. Um, but then like fatigue was really setting in to where it was really like affecting me. Hey, Carolyn, thank you. I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm, I'm going over the whole story right now. Um, so all you missed was kind of leading up to what happened last week. Um, so I was getting all this fatigue, but as an athlete, you know, when you don't feel good, um, I was doing, I, I like to say that athletes experience what like sedentary people experience, but not in the same way. Like I was trying to do rowing intervals and biking intervals. And I just, I normally have negative splits. Like that's me. I'll, I'll pull back and then I'll go a little harder. But when I was trying to get negative splits on my typical paces, I was like, it felt like I was redlining. Like I was really having a hard time. And I'm like, like, this is just not normal. And I'm like, I even made a post on social media, like, Hey, this is what regression looks like. You know, like, it's all right. Guys start from, start from scratch. Like I was really trying to accept the fact that maybe I was just like, just in a bad spot, like in my athleticism and just attributing it to maybe like too much stress and needing to get back onto like this routine or whatever. So, um, then on Friday morning, I woke up, I usually weigh myself daily and I was up about five pounds and I was like, 
that's weird. And usually I'm up a couple pounds after a rest day because we haven't worked out. We haven't sweated. Um, I went to put my shoes on and my ankles were swollen and I'm like, okay, so I'm holding on to water. Once again, didn't like think too much about it. It was like, maybe I'm just whatever a little, I, I had no idea what to think at that point. Um, but it didn't start going down. Like it just stayed there. I, it just didn't really get any better. Didn't get any worse. Uh, Saturday morning I woke up and it was worse. And now it was like really to where, like when I was putting on a knee sleeve, that there was an actual indentation that was like an inch in there. And I'm like, something's just not right. And the way I feel again, I was, I was telling myself, it's just, Hey, just Cheryl, like, this is just, you're just not, you, not every day is going to feel good. Um, and then that night I'm like, something's not right. So I, I texted my dad and I sent him a picture. I'm like, Hey dad, like, this is my leg right now. I don't, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't feel bad. I don't feel good. And I don't know what's going on. I have this swelling in my legs. Like, I don't know what's going on. Like I've had swelling all week, but now it's like in my legs. He's like, Cheryl, gotta go to the hospital. So I wasn't going to go. I was going to just, no, I'll be fine. He's like, Cheryl, go to the freaking hospital. I just didn't want to be in the ER. It was Saturday night. I just wanted to relax. And, um, so I was like, all right, I'll just go. I figured they were going to take me in, do some blood work, tell me to go home. Like, that's honestly what I thought. This is going to be not, that's why I didn't want to go. I'm like, this is probably something stupid. Maybe I'm dehydrated. I don't know. But they actually were like, nope, there's something going on. And we can't really pinpoint what it is. We see liver, kidney, and heart are all like going a little crazy right now. Did you have a really hard workout this week? I said, no, I I typically train every day. Um, I haven't felt the best in my training though. Um, you know, obviously they think about rhabdo, but I'm like, you know, that wasn't what it was. My, my, my creatine highness was a little bit high, but it wasn't like so high that that's what it was. Um, they're like, well, we just, we just need to do some testing because we don't know what this is coming from and we don't feel comfortable sending you home. Um, so that night I stayed and my heart rate was dropping really low, which I do have a low heart rate, but it was like going into the thirties. And, um, so they were like, we're just going to, so they did all this testing. They did, uh, I don't know, they took 20 something vials of blood the first time. They did an echocardiogram. They tested me for blood clots in my legs, in my heart, my lungs. They literally did a full workup. Um, even they're having me do a brain MRI, um, just trying to pinpoint where the whole problem was. And because my liver enzymes and my kidney enzymes got better, like not completely recovered, but they were coming back up. And they were basically seeing signs of failure of all three of those systems that they're attributing all of this to my heart. And so for whatever reason, my heart is under too much stress. And I, I don't know what's causing that aside from like, am I training too much cardio? I don't, I don't know. I'll be honest. I, since I've been injured this year, I haven't been able to do as much weightlifting um, and so I've been doing a little bit more cardio intervals, but I never really thought like I could overdo it on cardio. Um, he said that that could be something. Um, and so I, I maybe will take it back a little bit on intervals, but like I said, I don't feel like I do too much of that. So I don't know. I, I don't feel like I am. Um, there are some other things that are looking at. I do take magnesium every night. Um, and there's, I guess, something that can happen with magnesium. If you take too much magnesium, it can also cause changes in blood pressure. So he did recommend me stopping that to see if that was what it was. Um, you can get like magnesium toxicity. So I still don't know what the actual root cause of this is other than the one thing that I do know, I live, a, I, I love what I do. I do too much of it between training and work. I am always on the go. 
never take a day off. I, I have a really hard time relaxing. And so his main goal is right now, I need to do a little bit less of everything and focus a little bit on recovery and um, take out the magnesium supplement. I had to follow up with a cardiologist. And I'll be honest, it was really scary because I heard the word pacemaker again. And I haven't heard that word since I was out of treatment when I was 25 years old. And I eat enough food. Like I eat a lot of calories. Um, you know, I asked him if I'm too lean. Like I, I tried to think about all the things that could be causing it. And he's like, I just want right now to start with this one thing. So my treatment plan right now is following up with a cardiologist, follow up with my primary care, decreasing some activity uh, from high intensity stuff and um, taking out the magnesium supplement and just really being mindful. But I'm going to be honest, I am so tired. Like I feel so fatigued and I, I don't even know how to describe it. Like I can't even like think straight right now. Um, I had been starting to have sleep issues earlier this year and I typically now have been on this routine of going to bed between like 7.30 and 8 because I haven't been able to sleep past like 4.30. So it's been good for me to still get eight hours as long as I'm in bed by then. But this morning was the first morning in probably a year that I slept till almost seven o'clock. And I just, I was so tired. And so, I mean, obviously I probably didn't sleep well at the hospital, but um, it was kind of like, okay, maybe my body's just resetting a little bit. So at the end of the day, the reason I'm sharing all this with you guys is number one, I'm so grateful for everybody that reached out. Like I, I do fully like I didn't want anybody to worry and I didn't want people to think I was posting this on my social media looking for attention. Um, like I said, I, the only reason I kept posting because I was, I made that initial post hoping that I was going home and then I'm like, Oh shit, I don't want to just like leave people hanging. So I, I wanted to make sure I kept you guys in the loop on things. And I'm just so grateful that I have so many people in this community that care. Um, and also as a reminder to everybody, not to ignore the signs that your body's giving you, like, um, my body had been giving me these signs for quite a few months that something wasn't right. And I kept ignoring them and kept ignoring them. And it's usually the subtle things that we think are like, oh, it's just, we'll get through it. Guys, that's oftentimes your body telling you something and it's hard to accept it because we think about it's an inconvenience to stop and like go to the doctor or do these things, but it's really important to do that. And if there's one thing that I'm going to take from this, it is taking that stuff seriously. My mother was already on my case. She's like, you better make sure you get that test done. Do not miss following up with your doctors. Like you have to do all of that kinds of stuff. So, um, and Judy, I'm going to be honest. I was fully giving this to God this, this week. I was like, give this to God. This is God's way telling you that you need to slow down, whether that's the reason or not, God's telling you like, slow down a little bit. And it's just really hard because I'm a driven individual. Um, you know, for me, I, I really had a hard time having shoulder surgery this year and I did a really good job of like getting through that time. But like, it was really hard for me to have to take a step back from doing the things that I love and focusing on competing and all that stuff. And it's, it's literally really crushed my, like my mental game in a lot of ways. And it's really hard coming back from that. And even admitting it that like, I've really struggled this year to feel like I have self-worth. <laughs> um, I did not plan to get into this, but that I have self-worth outside because I really do love being an athlete. And this year, I don't even feel like an athlete. I feel like I've just let myself fall apart and I want to get myself back. And that's coming from being more than an athlete. Um, you know, I often wonder if people value me for who I am as a person or I'm just some girl that had really cool 
opportunity to go to the games a few times. Like, I don't know. And I, and I do know that I'm valued more than that. I know that deep down inside, but it's still hard sometimes to feel like when that's been so much of your life for so long that, um, people don't see that, you know? So anyways, um, I did not want to make this podcast fully about this, but I did want to share and maybe I should, because maybe other people struggle with that. Um, you definitely can get stuck in an identity and have a really hard time shifting. And right now I might have to shift a little bit, you know, like the, the word pacemaker was pretty freaking scary to hear yesterday. Um, thank you, Carolyn. And I appreciate that coming from you <laughs> very much. So you have no idea. Um, yeah, because I do, I, I have, I know I have more and, and I think that, you know, CrossFit as a sport is something that I love and what I really wanted for me, me personally, is I, I would really love to go back to the games one more time. I wanted to go back in 2024 and try and win. Like that was my goal before the shoulder surgery. That was my goal for 2023. But when I knew I was having shoulder surgery, I'm like, you know what? Just 2024 is your year. <laughs> and 2023 has not been my year. Um, and I wanted to go back in with the goal of like winning your age division, like do it, give it, you got, give it what you got. And then maybe hang it up for a few years. You can always come back to it. You can still train and be fit. Um, but the other side of me knows that my passion is really helping other people. And that's why I'm here. Um, I think that it's really, really, really important to know that my main purpose now for the past three or four years has really shifted to my business and the people that I want to help and serve because at the end of the day, what matters more, how fast I do thrusters and burpees or the people that struggle with their body image and diet culture and the ones that are hundred pounds overweight, 50 pounds overweight, the ones that feel like they are afraid to eat food because they've been told that foods are bad for them. And all they want to do is be comfortable in their skin and they don't know how to do it. And I want to help those people. I, I want to help people. I want to help people feel better about themselves. I want to show people how to do that. And, and that is what I do full time and CrossFit's no longer the full time thing. And I have to remember that. So, um, and it's important to, for me to, to say that because I do want that to be what people see and, and maybe letting go of the CrossFit competitive side of things will allow people to see that more. I don't know. So Thank you, Carolyn. Thank you, Judy. Um, I appreciate you guys. Um, I'm going to try and lightheartedly switch the topic because like I said, I did want to give some value today. And I know I just gave value because I'm sure that somebody out there can resonate with being that person too. Um, but it's Halloween and Halloween is one of my favorite holidays. Taking a sip of my drink, talking about dehydration. Um, Halloween is one of my favorite holidays. I love the concept of being able to dress up and do fun things. Didn't really get to celebrate this year. In fact, I'm probably going to run out after this and get a little bit of Halloween candy because I don't know if there's going to be trick-or-treaters that show up at my house, but I want to make sure I have something. Um, but it's kind of like Halloween is kind of that shift where we are no longer in the summer and fall, but we're in the fall still. Um, but we're shifting into that holiday season and it brings apart the first like stressful situation for a lot of people that struggle with their weight, with food relationship, with body image, with all that stuff and food, because it's the first 
taste of like the holiday gifts. And it comes out in the form of Halloween candy. And, um, you know, you guys are going to have Halloween candy in your house now for the next couple of weeks. You know, your kids bring it home. It's going to be sitting on your counter and your cupboard, whatever it is, it's going to be around you. And, you know, I think a lot of people have a really, really, really hard time with that kind of a, of, of an environment where the candy's just laying around. And so I thought Halloween would be a great day for me to talk a little bit about restriction and how it's also causing part of the problem. And with a lot of people, they are in this mindset, like, I'm just not going to have any Halloween candy. I'm just going to cut it out. I'm, I'm saying no. And I'm going to, I'm, I, there is people that need to do that. Right. But what often happens when this is when somebody says, I'm not having Halloween candy. I'm just going to say no to it. It sits there on the counter, in the cupboard, in front of them, and they're thinking about it. And then they finally cave and they say, and I just post this why I post this on my Instagram. I'm just going to have one. I'm just going to have one and I'm going to leave it a day. They have the one, they unwrap it and they're like, so good. Okay. I'm going to have two. And they have another one. And suddenly like their little two minute break to go grab a piece of candy to go back to their doing is now they're sitting in front of the candy dish and they're like having another one and having another one. And before they knew it, the zero pieces of candy they're going to have turned into one, turned into three, turned into many, turned into now, they don't even know how many they've had. And now they feel out of control and they feel like they're trying to figure out how to make sense of what they're doing and trying to justify how they're going to correct it. Like in the moment of eating it, they're already thinking about how they're going to fix it. This is a common problem. In fact, there was a time in my life where this happened to me and I would, and I would feel so guilty and I would end up eating too much because the next thought that normally comes when you're in this moment is, I'm just going to have what I want now because after today, I'm having no more. And then you tell yourself you're going to commit to this no more approach. And then it happens again and again and again. And your food relationship goes down the drain and you keep beating yourself up about why you have no self-control or self-willpower and you can't figure out how to break the cycle. And you keep telling yourself the solution is I'm just going to cut out sugar. I'm just going to cut out candy but you never stay committed to that. And I want to talk to you guys a little bit about why that is and hopefully how to make a better solution or create a better solution for this. So first things first, okay? Abstaining versus moderating, all right? So when it comes to people that need to be abstainers versus moderators, you have to understand that there are no addictive foods. You know, there's not like an addictive food, like people think sugar is addiction, but there are foods that trigger pleasure, receptors on our tongue, dopamine, and it's going to make us want more of them. And so in, in a lot of ways, it can trigger the same, the same things as addiction does from a mindset perspective, but there's no chemicals in these foods that are actually quote unquote addictive. It's, it's actually what they create. They create a similar system, just like, like with exercise, people can get addicted to exercise. People can get addicted to gambling. Like there's no chemical in those things, but it's the, the actual pleasure center that it, it, it lights up that becomes like, I need more of it. I need more of it. Okay. So, but I think the first problem is that I wrote down here is that people operate in a life of thinking that these foods are quote unquote bad and need to be avoided. And it sets them up for failure because they end up restricting them too much and they want them. And it also comes down to most people are, thanks, Bruce. You just jumped on. Um, most people are following extremely restrictive diets. 
And even if they're not compliant with it, like they might be restrictive, like Monday through Friday. I talk about this all the time, but they don't actually allow themselves to eat enough food on a regular basis. And so what happens is these foods are also higher in calories. And so when we ever, we decide to abstain from them or restrict ourselves from them and we get a hold of them, we want more of them. So I think that the first part is, is asking yourself, do you need to be, a, do you want to be a moderator or an abstainer? Most people want to be a moderator. Now, when it comes to developing a mindset or the psychology shift to be able to be a moderator, what you have to understand is that you actually might have to eliminate these foods from your diet from a period of time to allow yourself to gain control and add them back in. Okay. So what I mean by this is you don't want to think I'm never having these foods again, but instead, if you are very reliant and you always have like, like, so what I'm talking about here is if you're the person that can never say no, like you see the candy, you're going to have it. It doesn't matter what it is. Every single day, you just let it in. You just, I see this all the time. Like people that come to me, they're, they're snacks are like M&Ms and Reese's. Like those are the things, like if you just can't stop eating them, you might have to spend some time not eating them. But here's the ticket. When you are not eating those things, you have to replace them. You have to understand that just eliminating those sources of calories and not replacing them with better sources of calories is always going to leave you to feel restricted and not hungry. And this is where I'm going to go into, or hungry. And this is where I'm going to go into my own personal story. When I was restricting my intake, it often would trigger me to overconsume a lot of these foods because I was so restricted in my calories. When I actually started eating more calories and I gave myself permission to have more, I didn't crave them anymore because my body was getting enough nourishment. So removing them was a great thing to be able to you know, give myself, but I removed them and I replaced them. So removing them, but also feeding myself more became a way for me to learn how to eat enough food. And I didn't need them anymore. Now, when it comes to adding them back in, okay, this is the hard part. Okay. At first I was very scared to add them back in. I was like, what if I can't stop eating it? Okay. So you want to make sure that when you're trying to get from abstaining and you're replacing to becoming a moderator, that you are also learning how to add them back in in a controlled environment. So what I typically recommend is not having many of the things around, having one or two around. So it might be like, I'm going to buy a single serving Reese's cup, just a single serving pack, spend two bucks on it. Um, and I'm going to have my dinner and then I'm going to have that as dessert and see how you do. You might not do well, you might realize you do awesome. And if you're eating enough calories, eating at maintenance, you might find that you do well. And you're like, okay, I had one or two and I was satisfied. And that's the ultimate goal. So when it comes to figuring out abstaining versus moderating, all right? So I think most people have to realize that for a short period of time, you may have to abstain to reset the, the tongue, the palate, to allow you to like not crave those foods. But the goal isn't to remove them forever. The goal is to get enough calories in and then slowly work on increasing, um, it, on adding them back in. And something that I really wrote down here that resonated with me when I was thinking about this is if you think back to like, oh, well, I feel old now, but like thinking about the movies about like the fifties, the sixties, even like the seventies and the eighties, right. It was very typical for people to have dinner and then have a dessert. And people back then were actually a lot healthier. 
because they weren't eating like desserts and sweets all day. They were eating like normal breakfast, lunch, dinner, dessert. That was like a typical thing. And portions were much more in control. Okay. So that's kind of how you want to think about adding these foods in. And that's why I like thinking about tacking them onto a meal, not having them as the only meal, right? That allows you to moderate things. I think people also run into the problem of thinking that they're like having three of something is too many. So thinking about the Reese's that I talked about, let's be realistic. One snack size Reese's is not going to do it for you, right? So you're going to want a couple more. Being realistic with what a portion size looks like for you to feel like you've had an enjoyable amount and committing to that amount is another thing, okay? So just want to kind of talk about that a little bit with it being Halloween, but let's talk about the real problem at hand is right now it is Halloween. And as I mentioned, this candy is going to be around you all week. So you becoming an abstainer right now and or being a moderate right now is like the last thing you're thinking about. This is things for you guys to think about as you're working into things. But I want to give you guys some tips and tricks for this week to be able to help you guys navigate. Because guess what? This is going to be happening now for the rest of the year, right? It's going to be Thanksgiving. You're going to have leftovers lingering. It's going to be the holidays and people are going to be bringing you desserts at work and cookies at work and all this kinds of stuff. Um, and, and all this stuff is going to be presented to you. But now you have to know how do we get around this, okay? Number one is you need to be eating enough calories and you need to be eating structured throughout the day. All right. So if you're going too long without eating and that candy sitting there on the, on the counter, it's going to be the first thing that you reach for. Okay. So you want to make sure that you're eating enough throughout the day that you have a plan and you're able to execute on that plan. And the second thing is don't keep these foods in convenient places. Instead, keep the foods you need in convenient places. So if you know that your kids are going to bring home a bunch of candy, don't leave it on the counter where you're going to see it every time you walk in the kitchen. Like put it up in the cupboard. Your kids also don't need to see that on the counter every single day, right? Like what are we also wanting to teach our kids, right? They should be able to have a couple of pieces of candy after school and then put it away. So keep it out, out of your sight so you're not always gravitating toward that, towards that. And it really means in the opposite should happen. You guys should be putting the foods that you want to have more of on the counter that are, are more readily available to you. Okay. So keeping it out of sight. Number three is allowing yourself to maybe have a couple of pieces of candy a day. If you really want a couple of pieces of candy. Now I'm not saying it should fill all your macros, but a great way to incorporate candy is to maybe have it with a snack. So like, let's just say you want to have those two Reese's. Okay. Why not balance it out? with a little bit of yogurt to get some protein in, maybe a few berries to get a few antioxidants. Like that's a great way to know, like, I'm going to have the Reese's. I'm going to have one or two of those and I'm going to have this with it. Once again, we're working on moderating, but we're also getting something that's a little bit more satiating, getting what our body needs. So it's learning how to do these things. And what I'm going to tell you is this is all going to be self-experiment. You're going to have to try things and see how it works for you. And sometimes people are like avoiding trying it and they don't realize that that might've been the solution to the problem, right? Maybe just by eating enough calories, you no longer binge on candy. You don't have to, you don't feel restricted by saying no. Maybe by having it with a snack, you can stop at one or two. You don't have to have five or six. So that's what I want you guys to think about. When it comes to um, obviously kind of going into um, people that have fat loss goals, okay? Cause a lot of people are like, but I'm trying to lose weight right now. All right, again, you cannot demonize foods. 
you have to realize that overall calories matter. And once again, learning how to incorporate these foods into your nutrition plan might be something that you need to do. Now, if you find that every time you have one or two, you can't stop, this is where you might want to be an abstainer for a period of time. So the last thing that I want to talk about as I get ready to, to close this up is how do you become an abstainer? Because once again, people try this all the time. I'm going to give up sugar. I'm going to give up candy. I'm going to give up alcohol. And it doesn't really last. Okay. I already kind of said this, but I'm going to rehash it. You've got to be eating enough. You've got to learn how to eat enough calories and you've got to learn how to eat the right amount of protein, carbs, fats, and nutrients. Your body needs to have those things. When you have those things on board, you don't crave those things as much. And if you can abstain from those foods for about 30 days, you no longer have those thoughts in your head. So like, for instance, I changed my diet when I was 19 years old. Okay. I grew up eating uh, like chicken, like fried chicken, mashed potatoes, macaroni and cheese, burgers, hot dogs, pasta, very heavily, heavy American food. And that's all like a lot of like salt and flavor and crunch and all this stuff. When I changed my diet, I went to eating like chicken, rice, broccoli, using some soy sauce for seasoning, very bland, like just cut it out. And over time, I didn't even crave those things. And to this day, I still don't crave those things. You, you would never catch me being like, I need a burger and fries from McDonald's, but other people do because they still have that thought in their head. The longer you abstain from something, the less you crave it. So, and you crave different things. When you change your diet and you're eating more whole food based, your body is going to start to crave those foods. I often, like, I just had a bowl of oatmeal. I crave that every day. Like it's one of my favorite snacks, uh, the way that I make it. But somebody that eats a highly processed diet is going to be like, that's like a dessert to you. I'm like, it's sweet. I make it sweet and I love it. They're like, I didn't go do it for me. Well, that's because you, you crave what you know. So you are going to start to crave what you know. So when you are abstaining and you're trying to abstain, you've got to work on changing the types of food you're eating and incorporating more of those whole foods and know that your palate is going to change. But it's also why I fully believe that you guys have to, if you are in a fat loss phase, you have to realize that you're building a diet that is sustainable. And, and that means that you have to enjoy your food. You have to learn how to enjoy it. So hopefully this episode was helpful for you guys. Um, I know I've talked a little bit about my journey in this weekend, but mostly what I want you guys to know is like this week, you're going to be presented with a, a whole bunch of candy. A couple more tips I'll give you guys is if you can get rid of it, don't have it lingering. If it's really going to taunt you all week, get rid of it. Um, and your kids will be okay. They can get candy. Candy's not that expensive, right? You know, like to have them give it to people. There's plenty of things you can do. In fact, I saw a really cool thing on, uh, I think it was Instagram. There's a guy he put, I forget what they called it, but they basically, when the kids go trick-or-treating, their kids go trick-or-treating and they come home, the kids take their candy basket and they, they're supposed to put it outside. And that night, Halloween night, the parents take the candy basket and they replace it with a toy. So that's kind of a cool thing. I, I kind of thought that was really cool. I forget what they called it, but they basically like swap it out. There's like a witch or something. They said comes and takes the candy and replaces it with a, uh, a toy, which I think that's actually a really cool thing. You know, your kids have something to look forward to like, okay, we're going to turn the candy in and you're going to get a gift. Like, that's awesome. I think every kid would be super happy with that. So little tip for those of you guys out there that are moms and dads. So uh, that's all I got today, guys. Um, thanks again for everybody for their support and uh, 
I will look forward to seeing you all in the next episode. Talk soon.